Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. And for those of you watching us on Facebook and YouTube, glad you could join us today. The U.S. sees its deadliest day yet in the coronavirus pandemic. According to Johns Hopkins University, the worst hit country in the world reported nearly 2,700 deaths on Wednesday, bringing the total number of fatalities there to more than 270,000. Hospitalizations also exceeded 100,000 for the first time. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warns deaths in the country could reach 500,000 in the next two months if Americans continue to disregard health protocols like they did during Thanksgiving. U.S. President-elect Joe Biden vows more for make that more aid for workers hit by the pandemic as soon as he takes office. He says any stimulus package that will be passed by Congress between now and his inauguration should only be considered as a down payment of a more comprehensive measure under his incoming administration. No one should be evicted from their apartment or their home for being able to fail to be able to pay their rent and or their mortgage until this crisis is over and it yes. should be funded. This isn't a political game. This impacts on people's real lives and families. Yeah. It impacts on all of you, all of us. And we need to get help out the door as soon as we can. And Americans like you, we need, need relief now. Republicans and Democrats are trying to resolve months-long standoff in Congress over a stimulus package for millions of workers and businesses affected by the pandemic in the U.S. A bold outlook from one of the world's leading COVID-19 vaccine developers, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla says he is confident that by the end of 2021, there will be more than enough doses of the much sought after vaccine to fight this pandemic. Borla's remark comes after Britain approved Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccine candidate on Wednesday. The drug, which is said to be 95% effective against the virus, is due to be rolled out in the UK next week. We are doing right now everything we can to increase the manufacturing capacity that we have. I feel very comfortable that by the end of 2021, for example, we'll have more doses than the world needs. I think what uh, the government should do it is to make sure that uh, as the vaccine is uh, distributed to them in the beginning, in the first months of the pandemic, they will have the responsibility to distribute those doses. They will have the responsibility to select who should receive the doses first, they need to do that in a strategic way. And uh, they need to make sure that they listen to the experts. The British Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency granted the emergency approval for its use just 23 days after Pfizer published the first data from its final stage clinical trial. Regulators from the U.S. and the EU are sifting through the same vaccine trial data but have yet to give their approvals. The World Health Organization welcomes the UK's approval of Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccine, but says the work should not stop there. The global body's top emergency expert adds the world needs more vaccines and that researchers should continue to find a cure for the deadly virus. In many ways, the battle on 
uh, will be handed over over time. I mean, we need to develop more vaccines. We shouldn't stop. We need more than these three or four. Yeah. We need to increase production. We need to pull the price down. Uh, we need, we love a one-dose vaccine because these all of the vaccines so far are two doses. So the innovation is not finished. We need the research to continue, and we need everyone to support that research. COVID-19 has infected more than 64.4 million people worldwide, almost a year since the first case was reported in Wuhan, China. Nearly 1.5 million people have died, while 41.4 have since recovered from the disease. Well, here at home, Metro Manila mayors agree not to lift the ban on allowing minors inside malls for now. The mayors heeded the recommendation of health experts who warned minors could become super spreaders of COVID-19, especially this holiday season. Minors are also still not allowed to go to church to attend mass. Pag-desisyon ng ating mga mayors, no? At uh, total, eh, magpapasko naman nga, sabi nila, no? uh, wag na natin sayangin yung numero ng NCR. At ang ating mga mayors, no? 17-0. Eh, lahat naman po pumalig sa health. Yung mga anak natin, eh, mataas ang risk na makakakuha sila ng infection ng ng virus na yan. At maaring hindi nga sila symptomatic kasi uh, marami na pong pagsusuri at uh, mga obserbasyon na hindi ho talaga malala ang COVID-19 uh, infections uh, or disease sa mga bata. Pero pwede kasi silang carriers na wala mang sintomas pero sila ang nagdadala ng virus na yon the decision to ban minors in malls comes as the number of COVID-19 cases here in the Philippines climbs to more than 434,000. On Wednesday, the health department recorded some 1,400 new infections, most of which were recorded in Davao City, Laguna, and Quezon City. This raises the total number of active cases to nearly 27,000. The death toll now stands at 8,400, while recoveries are close to 400,000. With the number of cases rising by more than a thousand every day, President Rodrigo Duterte signed an executive order Wednesday, allowing the Food and Drug Administration to issue an emergency use authorization to hasten the regulatory approval of COVID-19 vaccines. This will allow the use of a vaccine, even if it is still under development, as long as it has low health risks. The Philippines seem to be winning the fight against COVID-19 in Metro Manila, but data also shows the virus is still around and is spreading to other regions. Warren de Guzman breaks down the numbers in this edition of Dissecting Data. Data from the Philippine Health Department has consistently brought good news over the last few months. November's total confirmed cases is the latest, hitting just 51,101, the lowest monthly total since June. That number has been going down for three consecutive months now. The downtrend is evident in both the seven-day moving average of confirmed COVID-19 cases shown by the blue line and daily reported cases shown by the red bars. More good news, the daily positivity rate, which measures the number of positive tests against total tests done per day, is also down. The national average positivity rate of 5.2% over the last two weeks of November has the Philippines nearly at the World Health Organization's recommended 5% level prior to the full resumption of economic activities. It's been going down for three straight months as well, from the 12.2% peak in August. The latest data, however, comes with a catch. Testing
trading has been erratic over the last month, as shown by this chart. From an average of 37,500 tests per day in September, the daily tests have fallen to 31,410 per day in November, a difference of over 6,000 tests. The drop has been blamed on bad weather and the state-run insurer PhilHealth's debt to the Philippine Red Cross. The good news is a drop in testing would normally result in a higher positivity rate if the number of positive cases stayed constant or increased. But that rate actually fell in spite of less testing. The bad news? Because less testing is being done, we cannot say for sure if the latest numbers present an accurate picture. Data on the geographic location of these test results, based on the location of the laboratories, also show testing has been concentrated in the national capital region. If you go anywhere outside the economic heart of the Philippines, testing significantly drops. This means the government does not have a clear picture of the true extent of the COVID-19 pandemic outside Metro Manila. The lack of testing has led to sharp differences in the regional positivity rates. Only four of the regions, including NCR, have positivity rates below the acceptable 5% threshold. Meanwhile, there are four regions with positivity rates above 10%. Caraga, Region 4B, Region 12, and Region 9. These same regions had the lowest daily testing rates in the Philippines. Region 2, or Cagayan Valley, and Region 11, or Davao Region, had low testing rates, high positivity rates, and are the only two regions with an ICU bed's occupancy rate above the 70% threshold, indicating they are in the high-risk zone with more COVID-19 patients than vacant ICU beds available. The data shows the fight against COVID-19 is being won in Metro Manila, but it also shows other regions are in trouble. Testing needs to increase in areas outside the capital to help government see the true conditions on the ground. For Dissecting Data, I'm Warren de Guzman. In other news, the Armed Forces of the Philippines does not want a truce with communists this holiday season. The AFP claims the communist terrorist group has not been honoring the ceasefire declarations as they continue with alleged extortion activities and other crimes. The AFP also accuses the NPA of agreeing to peace talks only to give themselves a chance to regroup and to recoup their losses. The Duterte administration, through the National Task Force to end local communist armed conflict, has intensified counterinsurgency operations with the goal of ending armed conflict by 2022. But the task force has been accused of red-baiting individuals. Just recently, President Duterte himself identified progressive lawmakers as communists. The daughter of slain Philippine peasant leader Randall Echanis arrested and detained in Cagayan province. Amanda Echanis was charged with illegal possession of firearms, ammunition and explosives. Police say Echanis insisted on bringing her one-month-old baby along with her and that the social welfare department was asked to assist in the situation. 32-year-old Amanda is a peasant community organizer. Militant group Anakpawis branded her arrest as illegal and claimed the evidence was planted. The group is calling for her immediate release on humanitarian grounds, saying she just gave birth to her first child. The arrest comes four months after her father, Randall Echanis, was killed by a group of armed men in Quezon City. The Philippine National Police Chief DeBold Sinas defends the arrest of Amanda Echanis. Sinas said 
The operation was a product of a months-long investigation into Chinese's and her husband's involvement in the underground communist movement. Sina's also denied accusations. The police planted the confiscated firearms and explosives. Sa totoo niyan, ang nasa underground niyan si, ano, si Amanda. Alam niyo yan, uh, yung AAP at saka PNP, kaya mapansin mo sa nag-operate, dalawa po yan. Hindi po totoong uh, wala yan sa underground. Ang asawa niya ay leader po ng armado sa MPA sa Cagayan Valley. At siya po, kaya nga, kaya nga ano yan, may mga armas yan. Kasi maski tanungin mo, yung asawa po niya na nasa underground. No? At hindi yan, ano, hindi yan basta-basta pinamalita para nagkumukuha pa kami ng mga ebidensya tungkol niyan. Sinas adds the police is open to any investigation into alleged abuses in the arrest of activists and suspected rebels. That's after jailed activist Reina Menasino filed criminal and administrative complaints before the Office of the Ombudsman against Manila and police jail make that Manila police and jail officers over the supposed violence that marred the wake and burial of her daughter, Baby River, last October. Inibisigan po yan at sinabi rin namin openly na kung pakiramdam ng pamilya na may violations po ang PNP, ay pwede po silang magpa-imbisiga. Open po kami doon. Ang amin lang, huwag tayong magbigay kagad ng parang conclusion na sinabi nyo kasi nga sumusunod lang po kami sa mga direktiba. The Office of the Solicitor General confirms its website was hacked on December 1st. The hacker apparently is pushing for the return to free TV of media giant ABS-CBN. Mike Navalio now on the line with details. Mike, go ahead. What else can you tell us? Hi, Carmina. The Office of the Solicitor General is confirming the hacking of its website on Tuesday by a group of hackers who call themselves Phantom Troop. In a statement, the Office of the Solicitor, Solicitor General said that uh, the incident happened in the early hours of December 1st. Uh, the group Phantom Troop allegedly uploaded several files in the OSG online job application system, which led to the display of the message, quote, Stop blackmailing the NTC. Give ABS-CBN provisional authority. Solicitor General Sekalida, in an April letter to the National Telecommunications Commission, pressured the agency to issue a cease and desist order against ABS-CBN's free TV and radio broadcast services instead of granting the network provisional authority to continue operating, as it earlier said. Kalida had also warned NTC commissioners they could face prosecution for graft if they issued the provisional authority. The NDC eventually issued the CBO that led to the network's shutdown on May 5th. In defacing the, uh, the defacing of the OSG's website comes almost seven months after the ABS-CBN shutdown in May. In its statement, the OSG said it has augmented security measures and is taking the hacking incident seriously, seeking the help of intelligence and investigation agencies of the government to identify the people behind the hacking. It warned that it will go after the hackers as the act constituted violation of the cybercrime law. It said that uh, the hackers could face up to 12 years in prison and that uh, it However, could not confirm earlier reports that about 9,000 files containing personal information were allegedly downloaded by
by the hackers. The group Phantom Troop was also behind the other hacking incidents earlier this year involving the government website www.government.ph and the servers of Philippine colleges and universities and the Philippine Basketball Association. Carmina? Thanks a lot. Mike Navalio there joining us on the line. Senator Manny Pacquiao is the new president of PDP Laban, the political party of President Rodrigo Duterte. Pacquiao takes over from Senator Coco Pimentel, who is now PDP Laban's executive vice chairman. Pimentel says Pacquiao will bring in fresh ideas ahead of the 2022 national elections. But the boxer-turned-senator, who is rumored to be gunning for the presidency, refused to talk about the upcoming polls during Wednesday night's oath-taking ceremony. Ayaw kong pag-usapan yung uh, politika. Mala wala pa namang eleksyon, malayo pa yon At hindi pa dapat na pag-usapan yan. Focus muna tayo sa pagtulong natin sa mga kababayan kasi maraming nagugutom. House Speaker Lord Alan Velasco was also sworn in as the PDP Laban's new executive vice president. Velasco was offered the party's secretary general position to replace Davao del Norte Representative Panteleon Alvarez, but he declined. The post left by Alvarez remains vacant. PDP Laban says it respects Alvarez's decision to leave the party. The unemployment rate here in the Philippines further eases to 8.7% in October from 10% last July. That's as the government continued to open up parts of the economy. The latest data translates to a total of 3.8 million Filipinos without jobs, down from the 4.6 million jobless in July. It's also a far cry from April's record high of 7.2 million unemployed Filipinos at the height of the coronavirus lockdowns. During this same period, or the same month last year, the country's unemployment rate was at 4.6 percent, the lowest figure recorded since 2005. Meanwhile, underemployment came in at four, make that 14.4 percent, lower than the 17.3 percent recorded in July. Marikina Representative Stella Kimbo welcomes the improvement in the latest jobs report, but she says a third COVID-19 relief package is needed to prevent any more job losses amid this pandemic. I uh, proposed a 100 billion peso fund for worker subsidies, and this would range from subsidies for testing workers, right? Because this would um, sort of uh, uh, increase the confidence levels of our workers, right? So many of them don't even want to report to work, even if uh, that would mean not being able to bring home their daily wages for fear of um, contracting COVID. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, everyone. Keep it here on the news channel.